Well, hello and welcome to the Transfix Take On. I'm your host, Jenny Ruiz, and today, Grace Sharkey is taking on the macro evolution of the supply chain. Grace is a staff writer, podcast producer, and Sirius XM radio host, and overall content connoisseur at Freight Waves, and is no stranger at all to this industry. Now, prior to FreightWave, she led a successful startup brokerage holding roles, including Director of Sales, VP of Business Dev, and Chief Strategy Officer. Welcome to the show. Grace, I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, very excited to be here. Uh, Thomas had great things to say about the show, too. And, uh, of course, big fan of everything Transfix is doing as well. So happy, of course, to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's get into it, man. I mean, seven years of climbing up the ladder of or at fifth wheel freight from account representative in 2013 to chief strategy officer through 2020. How does scaling up at a logistics solutions provider compare to scaling up your audience at freight waves? Ooh, that is a good one. You know, I would say the interesting thing, especially in my time at uh, Fifth Wheel Freight, I, I didn't go to school for business. So scaling that up, and maybe this is a similar resemblance between the two. Scaling that up was also for me almost like gaining a business degree. Mm. You know, starting with a few people, growing the operation. Uh, I remember, I remember like the first time we had difficulties with a customer uh, paying on time because we weren't even attaching like PODs to invoices yet. So like oh, learning wow. little operations and then saying, okay, so who are who are we going to use? What's our operation for making sure PODs are attached? Like these little small things that you don't think about that really matter to not just the growth of your business, but to the customer experience as well. You get to slowly be a part of that decision making and, and learn from mistakes and, and get a business degree kind of from uh, trial and error. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of actually similar to my time here at FreightWaves as well. I mean, I didn't I did a lot of writing in college. I went for a liberal arts degree. So it was a lot of like uh, uh, complex thoughts, theories, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to learn, like, I'll tell you what, like day one, like learning AP style and like, I was so used to MLA format. I, like didn't yeah. realize what AP style was like learning those, those rules and like the ethics behind journalism. And, um, and then of course, like you said, building an audience, like uh, just watching and uh, kind of mimicking the people around you and, and reaching out at the same time was, uh, those were similar experiences. I almost gained a journalism degree and, mm -hmm. I, and I feel like a marketing degree just through Absolutely. all of this experience. Yeah. It's uh by the way, all marketers out there, I have a whole different respect for you than I did uh, two or three years ago, for sure. But um, the the differences, I will say, are uh, there's a really interesting community of content creators in this space, in our space in particular. And I think I always like... <laughs> I always kind of looked at like YouTube kids. Like I'm a big YouTube fan. I follow like all uh, makeup tutorials, all that jazz. Like Same. we, right. Like grow yeah. up in that, in that, in that time. And uh, you kind of like looked at, honestly, I kind of looked at it as like a joke. Like when I hear even kids these days are like, I want to be a content creator. I'm like, 
okay, strange, strange kid. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and now it's like the other day I saw one of my friends and it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a content creator for logistics. It's like, it's weird to say, it's weird to say. Yeah. And there's just such a great community that you can pull from yeah. in this space. Blythe, right. Is a, is a, a perfect example. Cassandra Absolutely. Gaines was like my first real content, maybe friend in the industry. Yeah. Um, there's so much room for growth, I think, it, especially in the content space. Not that there's not room for growth in brokerage. Yeah. I just think that, and I, I've said this before on different things, I think that any, honestly, that as long as you follow proper business etiquette and rules and you're watching your cash flow, et cetera, you're going to grow your logistics company, right? And you offer that service, it's going to scale. Uh, it's a lot more difficult to maintain an audience in any social media space and grow right. that. It's like, it's, I feel like there's a more reg, it's a little bit more regimen and a little much, bit more strict than I assumed it would be. So, yeah, it's, I, I have a lot more respect for YouTubers in that, in, in that field because I realize it's not just like, making a video and putting it out it's yeah. you know hashtags that you're using time of the day that you're posting how often you're posting uh knowing the rules of the algorithms on the social media sites like just so many different things and that's uh again just huge respect because it's something i never really considered going into it you know, and it's also, I, I hear you talk about this a lot, but there, you have to be authentic because if not, yes. people will see, especially drivers will see you right through that. And there goes your entire, there goes the success of your content. They just won't touch it, click on it. And they, you're probably blocked. <laughs> yes. Oh, a hundred percent. And uh, I think that's actually a, a difference as well that I, I, I feel like, uh, especially brokerage space, three PLs, maybe the more business focused space, right. Yeah. Of our industry. Uh, they're just starting to hop on board with the whole authenticity aspect because I, yeah. I think it's maybe our generation and recruiting them. It's kind of exposing, mm -hmm. but in this side of it, the content, the marketing, like, yeah, if you're not authentic, if you don't like talking about this stuff, you're, you're quickly going to be caught and it, and even more so the positivity of it. Right. There's, I would say there's even some people, especially on LinkedIn that do have a, a great following, but it's driven by aggression. If, yeah. if I can say that, which really irritates me. And I have to sometimes hold myself back from like commenting <laughs> on stuff because I'm like, okay, negative Nancy, like keep right. it moving. Um, <laughs> And so I, th I think that that goes back to it too, is like, I really try to keep my content as positive as possible. And if I am critiquing, I also like to look within, right? For example, mm -hmm. yesterday on the show, we had a health, uh, health network uh, group on and I even told them, you know, driver's reason I have them on here today is not because you should be concerned about your health and the health, of course, uh, in the truck and, and something that affects drivers constantly, right? Diabetes, yeah. health issues, but I'm going through my own health journey right now. So it's, it's, that's the authenticity. I think that people really can vibe with, and you just have to, I realize the more that I am open about myself, the more that seems to attract the audience even more. Yeah, because you know what, as you know, as content creators in the industry and, and just in any industry, if you're reading off of a paper, people are going to be able to tell. Yeah. And, oh. and at that point, you've lost their attention. Exactly. A hundred percent. And uh, it's unfortunate. I'd say if I look back at maybe my like corporate days, like that's I 
I am a very loud, outspoken person. And I think you have to, in some settings, dull that. Mm. And sometimes people ask me, like, would I go back to that corporate lifestyle? I think there's different ways that I would maybe advising uh, board members type of situations I've been considering as of late. But I don't to to go back to that straight corporate structure would be very difficult for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's where I came from too, and I mean to the point where I was wearing like sheath dresses and like yes, you know, like, yeah, heels, and I just can't, I I just can't do it. I'm not that person anymore. I don't think I was ever that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's I think that's I. Uh, it's so incredible because you like grow up and you tell yourself like, especially for me. I'm going to be a businesswoman. I'm going to like live in these cool high rise apartments and like my like sex in the city self, you know? Yeah. And then you get into it and you're like, it's not that you can't do it. It's you don't want to. And yeah. I think when I left that opportunity, I remember telling my mom, she's like, you know what, what's next for you? What do you want to do? And I go, you know, mom, I'm, I'm almost more scared now because it's scary knowing you can do whatever you want mm, Yeah. instead of having like two choices in front of you. Right. To mm-hmm. choose from like when you realize, oh, you can take any path you want right now and you will be successful. I know that could sound for some people out there like big headed, but really when you believe in yourself like that, it's, it's intimidating because you're 100%. like, now I have to choose from all the opportunities and which right. one is right. So it's, it's, it's kind of been a, a, a nice journey through this transition. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like when you were in corporate though, that was where the luck, lo- cause you have such a deep affinity for carriers and I love that. And I feel like that's how I connect with you specifically because they don't have a lot of that in this space. Mm-hmm. So was it corporate that helped you propel you to where you are now? Definitely. I mean, when you're a startup, uh, you know, it's when you're a startup and as a brokerage, you get an MC number, right? Yeah. And ours started with an eight zero. And at the time eights, right. Being eight zero eights were just starting to get hit. And mm-hmm. I remember I'd, I'd book a load. I talked with a carrier and they'd be like, Oh, well, you're not in our system. What's your MC? And I would say eight zero. And they'd be like, no, like I wouldn't even finish it. You know, like they would yeah. be like, they'd hear the eight and then they'd be like, nah, they just uh, know, you know, they know you're so new and they don't trust yeah. you, you know? So as a rep, you almost had to like build a deeper relationship with those carriers. Like the shippers, the shippers would come no matter what. They don't care. Right. As long yeah. as it picks up and delivers fine. Uh, but the carriers, they care if they don't get paid by you. Uh, if you screw them over, if they take that risk with someone new and it doesn't work out, that could be good. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where I really caught it was like starting off new in the startup and having to gain that trust a little bit more and really take care of them. I also, we really built it off the back of like flatbed open deck loads. So that takes a little bit more work and understanding. And I remember like moving my first load of coils and um, my salesperson was like, yeah, you need, we need two coil racks. And I'm like, I remember talking to drivers and like, you need two coil racks and I don't know what that is. So can you tell me what that is? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, (laughs) they taught me so much and I was a big part of the transportation club, which allowed me to hang out with drivers and and drivers are just like fun, man. They're like, they're so fun. And they're real. Like, they do not give a shit. They come as their like true selves and you can learn a lot from that. Just being around them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they want. I mean, imagine you're in your your car all day, like that's your job. Yeah, and you're 
the fact they can take an extra minute and like talk with someone i mean let's be honest let alone a female uh that conversation can go really far so i mean there's just uh, there's so many drivers even to this day like uh, even families of drivers that i still follow up with and talk to uh, because of those relationships we were able to build do you feel like brokers I mean, I feel like this is a baited question in some ways, but like, do you feel like brokers could get better at doing that and like just bake that into the conversations that they have with these drivers every day? Most definitely. I think especially as we talk about like automating a lot of the processes that that's for reps to now have more time in their day to have those conversations. Yeah. And, and I think those conversations can be a lot deeper than what I hear and see today. Like it should be listen i tell people this all the time if you enter this industry the question is not if you'll succeed if you have the energy to get it done you'll succeed the question is how are you going to scale right mm. do you want to be a mom and pop brokerage do you want to be an owner operator or do you want to scale up to so many fleets or so many trucks in your fleet yeah. and that's where i think those discussions and that automation can help with is having those discussions like hey you guys have been doing an excellent job you know there's more of these loads that we could take from this customer. Do you plan on growing your fleet? Do you plan on, mm. no, those conversations are tough right now, but right, right, uh, right. the market yeah. will flip. And that's the point, right? It's like grow together and, right. and figure out what they need from you. And, and a lot of times it's even down to like Mary O'Connell who works with me, right? She always talks about this one carrier that um, her, this, the guy's son always had like baseball games on Thursdays. So she, yeah. It was her job to make sure he got there on Thursdays mm. and that's, you're not going to get that out of an automation. You're going to get that out of a conversation. So yeah. automation is definitely needed where it's needed. Trust me. That's, that's what I write about every day. I'm yeah. not trying to put that down, but there's specific areas for that communication and that relationship to be built. And hopefully we have more time for that now. You know, I think you're not new to this industry. You've been around for, for a bit. Right. And now that we're on this topic of like, digitization and tech and this kind of evolution of, I would love to hear like, what are some, and I know that you talk about this, so this is going to be super easy for you. What are the positives that you've seen come out of automation, tech, even AI, now that we're starting to like really talk about that, that has benefited carriers and even on the shipper side too? I think the number one thing, and I tell every business out there I would ever talk to is if you ever have problems this industry runs on cash cash flow is king yeah. and it's even more so on the carrier side so my favorite technologies are anything that's going to get you paid faster yeah. and i can't tell you i think one of my most frustrating conversations i would ever have is like especially in like a carrier rep situation or like sitting with accounting departments is hearing that it's been like 40 days and a carrier still hasn't sent their pot Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm just trying to pay, like, what other industry are you trying to pay someone? And they like, they just haven't sent the paperwork for it. Right. Yeah. And so I really love that. Like anything that's like document scanning or like, we're getting to the point where the electronic BOLs are a thing and that's going to be huge. Right. I mean, the moment that that thing's signed, especially we talk about blockchain, like right. blockchain technology could allow for a carrier to get their POD signed that would create a trusted link to me as a broker showcasing you did the job right. Yeah. And I could with confidence pay you immediately. 
I mean, every driver listening should be foaming at the mouth, right? Hearing that paid immediately. <laughs> yeah. With no, guess what? With no fees. And it's like, that is the world that we should be striving for. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, oh, how many other businesses, let alone like even personally, right? If I owe you money, cool. What's your first response? Do you have cash app or Venmo? Right. Like it should be the same thing for this industry as well. So um, I th- for me, I think it, the game changer is getting more people on these like types of autom- like uh, automated back office accounting uh, workflows so that carriers can get paid faster. And yeah. all the brokers know if you can get that POD and all that paperwork faster to your customer, you're going to get paid faster as well. So exactly. Uh, those are, I think the real game changers that realistically could change the game within the next like five or 10 years uh, compared to like, I mean, we could talk about autonomous vehicles or even, even AI, I think still, I mean, we use it. AI is already being used in this industry. I know you and life use it. Like I use it. Yeah. And it's, it, it, the original, when it first came out, which is like literally two days ago, it feels like, but like, it just became one of those things where it felt like, Oh no, this is going to start to replace our jobs, especially as content creators. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So we all got a little scared, but now it's like, no, it's actually like a nice partner to have to do X, Y, Z. Do you feel like that's going to take shape in the trucking space too? A thousand percent. I think it already does. I mean, especially when you talk about like applications that maybe suggest loads or lanes. Yeah. I mean, that's AI. That's te- It's learning from the behavior and the loads that you've taken in the past. And it's suggesting a better uh, route for you to take. I, I, t- I talked about this just on the radio show the other day. Like I challenge a carrier for like, go, go a month with just choosing loads that maybe some of these providers are suggesting to you. Yeah. One, Think of how much time that you're wasting picking your own load and two, see, see what the outcome is. Did you yeah. make more money? It, like, did you, if you didn't make more money, did you expand at least the customers you're working with because you had so much more time to maybe work on your truck or stop by a, a shipper or something like that. So mm. um, for me, I think people like think that AI like is just happening. It's like even down to, I mean, if you're in some of these applications and you start spelling a city and it pops up a name, like that's machine learning is a is a type of AI. So we're using it already today. I think it's funny that people are like, oh, what happens like when it hits our it's it's already here. Yeah. Um, it's just about I think the more that we bring data to the table, I mean, even here at Freightwaves, we only have sonar really only goes back to 2018. Like so five years, like imagine we get another five years of data into all of our systems, how more intelligent they're going to be. Absolutely. I want to go like, I want to hear your perspective on the shipper side, because I do think like they've they've got a ways to go when it comes to their partnership with carriers and really yeah. trying to deepen that, but in a strategic way that benefits both sides, because we, like you mentioned, cash is king, cash flow is king, but that goes for both parties. And I think that's where the rub goes. So I'd love to hear, like, where do you think that shippers go wrong when it comes to their approach to partnership with their carriers or vice versa? Uh, I think, I first off, I will say that if you asked me this question two years ago, my answer would be different. I think mm-hmm. that they're learning 
I think they got screwed a couple years ago and their bosses came to them like WTF what's happening. And I think for the first time, it's like you, you hear about in earnings calls more that the shipping costs for the first time, the logistics director actually is an important job to a lot of the CEOs and especially CFOs out there. Right. Um, So I will say, I think, I think shippers now are understanding the relationship more. I've uh, overheard that a lot of the conversations, especially at uh, like food shippers a couple weeks ago, is that shippers are catching on to the fact that if they drive costs down too low, that carriers will then go bankrupt and fall out. And then guess what happens? It flips back to that same terrible situation there and before. So they've caught on to that, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, It's a starting point. Yes, they're gonna, but they're still gonna hold you to a lower rate in a market that they can, but they're also not gonna drive you. I don't think they're gonna purposely try to drive you to bankruptcy or try to throw those like, or oh, that's the rate we've been paying since 1965. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we've gone over that hump. Yeah, I think where I'd like to see more shippers, um, and there are, I there are a lot of companies that are starting to make this visible. Mm. I think that shippers should really take probably their Google reviews, their driver reviews a lot more seriously down to bathrooms, down to dock hours, down to scheduling softwares, uh, down to understanding why first come first serve could slow a driver down or upset a driver, how Mm -hmm. you um, treat drivers at those docks. Like, I think that's maybe more of where the, I'd like to see uh, shippers maybe investing more time in is like, can't remember the stat in particular, but even just going into your own operations and saying, Hey, if we kept our docks open an extra two hours, it's like, Oh my God, only open till three. What a nightmare. If we kept it open till five, right? Like what could that do to our costs? Right. Uh, And so that's like more of what I get excited with shippers. It's like how they start to change that. Or even like, you know, I did a lot of flatbed loads. So like understanding that, okay, if we can somehow figure out how to load off, uh, like from the side, realizing like how many more trailer types it's going to open up, just like understanding logistics a little bit more. But I think we're starting to get to that point because the consumers care uh, that there's actually starting to to take notice of that as well. We're also starting to see it for some of the larger enterprise shippers. I think like setting the standard and including these initiatives for drivers yes. in their ESG reports. So you know that they are held to that standard. Yes. You know, like Hankel is a great example that I can think of off the top of my head that has like state-of-the-art facilities that are designed specifically to help in all of the sections that you just listed, plus trucking park parking, which I thought was like unheard of. You, yeah. know, you know how how big of a pain in the ass it is to find trucker parking. So to have facilities include this in their redesigns, I think yeah. is by far going to help the relationship deepen even more. And then there's trust yes. there, right? Yeah. And it's like, there, listen, there's freight that sucks to load, you know, but it's yeah, like, yeah. there's, there's still ways around it there. We used to move a lot of um, uh, Christmas trees back in the day. And those things yeah. suck to load because they usually are chopped and then put on the truck immediately. So loading takes hours most of the time. Yeah. And th- one of the shippers that we worked with, like he built like a whole like gaming cabin for the drivers, like had like bunk beds and like Nintendos and Playstations and you'd buy pizza. And yeah. so like you would tell them like, you're going to be here for 10 hours, okay. but 
you're gonna have the facilities to like enjoy yourself have a good day like and very clean um he's like we'll take care of your trucks like there won't be an issue and so it's like that kind of stuff like realizing same thing right like produce right it's kind of annoying to load like if you if you have something that you already know is annoying yeah like, make it easier yeah it easier. yes exactly so yeah. i'd like to see maybe even even like lumper services like change a little bit as well i've seen a lot of ro ridiculous receipts as of recently and I so agree, yeah. yeah those are like i think areas that hopefully you could see some change in so Given that you have this experience in several areas of this space, I'd like to know what do you think are the biggest misconceptions with understanding carriers, shippers, brokers? Uh, I'll start with truckers, uh, yeah. carriers in particular. These guys and gals do like technology. They just are really irritated that they're not in the conversation about it. Mm. And that's like really cool. I've noticed, I've, I've learned that more of taking over the radio show. Like people will literally, I have a couple of guys that will just like call in and tell my producer I'm doing a good job. But like whenever like, it's, it's so cute to me. Like, I'm like, you guys can come on and talk to me too. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, they, they haven't been a part of the conversation. So when they're talking about tracking software, visibility software and stuff like that, I think they just feel like they they weren't a part of its build or how it, it maneuvers or operates. Yeah. So they feel like they're shafted from that conversation a little bit. So I've been really working hard on like um, recent. This is something you'll see in one of Blythe's podcasts soon. Like I've been kind of introducing the audience to like mental models, like different ways mm -hmm. of thinking to help like introduce to them why some of the technology works like it does. So for instance, like we went over Hicks law a couple weeks. Uh, weeks ago which is the least amount of choices you have the easier it is to make a decision right and yeah. so that's why when you log on to some apps they only show you four loads yeah. or suggest four loads because you don't want to choose from 150 loads you should be only so it's like kind of explaining to them a little bit more of like where maybe this uh these tech gods or whatever that are entering this space yeah. where they're coming from theoretically right right um because, I mean, let's be honest, even myself, like, they, a lot of them come from blue-collar living. So, so to just assume that someone understands, like, how theoretically, like, how apps work and, like, how they're built. Like, Silicon Valley, I love you, but, like, not everyone thinks like you. Whoa. And if we can teach them, though, how they're taught, then maybe we can have a little bit more empathy on both sides of the coin there. Um, if I'm going to say shippers... <laughs> uh <laughs> ignorance that's what i'll just say they're just yeah. like really ignorant to how it all works and that's and that's why brokers you love an ignorant shipper don't every broker loves a dumb shipper like i <laughs> i remember some of my favorite shippers like i said we did flatbed so like teaching shippers if they were like yeah we load from the side i'm like well you realize that you now just opened yourself up to every flatbed or open deck trailer available and they're mm -hmm. like what does that even mean i go well it means that there was four flatbeds in your area so i had four people to choose from yeah. but there's actually 40 
open deck carriers in your area. So now we have 40 people to choose from. And it's like kind of explaining to them more of what you do on an everyday basis and, and being uh, empathetic towards the fact that shippers, a lot of times the people in charge of the shipping and coordinating the shipping are also in charge of managing a whole warehouse of people, sometimes procurement, sometimes even a little bit of sales. So like yeah. their ignorance is there, but it's some, it's usually just, um, brokers you know i'm just like i'm i'm going through this like kind of battle myself right now with brokers because we're going through this change we're adding technology where there's business reason for, business reasons for that and i think where i'm very happy that i was part of a brokerage business before going into writing is that man i don't i just don't want to piss off a bunch of uh, broker kids out there uh when I see, especially like layoff situations, you really need to understand the business model of the brokerages that you work for. Mm. So, because uh, you got to understand a lot of times in layoff situations, I get to talk to the people that were unfortunately let go. But I also understand from a business standpoint where a lot of these leaders are coming from. Yeah. And so I would highly suggest people out there is like the the way that technology is revolutionizing, revolution, whatever, it's Friday, uh, <laughs> changing the brokerage game, we'll say that. Yeah. It can and probably will affect your job in a little bit. So if you are, if you are that sales rep who maybe like a cradle to grave guy out there or someone who's just been like working with a shipper for the longest and you're not attacking your day as hard as you can because you're making a hundred thousand dollar commission checks a year and 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 balling out at like 23 24 years old like yep. please realize that's not like that's not life forever yeah. And to really understand where your organization wants to go and to either figure out where you're going to be a, as a part of that career path or to, or to save that money and start something yourself. Like a lot of times I see these layoffs and I know they're awful and I know that people have families and they're going through tough times, but through these tough times too, I know there's going to be a lot of innovation. There's going to be a lot of those people that were let go that take what they learned and change the industry. And that's going to be really fun to watch over these next couple of years but technology is changing the way that brokers are, are, are working. So if, if there's a way to automate parts of your job, they're, they're going to do it. That's, that's the point of it. So I'm at this like point right now with brokers where it's like, I, from a, an employee standpoint, I understand like where a lot of the frustration might be right now with them, but also from the leadership standpoint, like, you're making some really tough decisions that's really going to change our industry though and like yeah. how people attack it uh in the future so if anything i will say this though and it came up on the radio a couple weeks ago brokers aren't going anywhere yeah and the relationship side like we talked about earlier isn't going anywhere either so make sure you're like sticking to that and you are like where things can be automated, you're grinding those out and you're not being slow, but that yeah. you're adding some value somewhere in your brokerage business. That is good for you. It's like, I guess that would be the best thing to say, but yeah, I don't think people always say like, Oh, auto, all this automation is like, it's going to destroy the broker. And like, we won't need them anymore. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. <laughs> no, no, no. I told someone called in the other day and like said that he was basically, uh, 
if he's listening shout out to 100 dispatch uh but he he basically was like what if we could just like upload into space like every load available in the u.s and then like upload into the space like every carrier in the u.s and I'm like, I don't know if this guy's seen Westworld, but he wants a Westworld <laughs> situation where a bra- like this giant brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, let, I'll list the things that are going to go wrong with that, you know, and and yeah. I'll, I'll also list the things that will keep us far away from that happening. So, yeah, we don't need a dystopian future for the for freight. Like, let's move away from that as far as we can. <laughs> you know what happens? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, you should move to Silicon Valley 100% delivery and become a VC guy because that's exactly what they're going for. Dude, that's so true. I want to talk to you about mental health, right? Because in this industry, at least what I've learned is like from all sides, especially for the driver's side, because we know that they get it, I think the worst. It has been such a journey for people to understand how important it is to preserve your mental health and to put that first and foremost. And we get it, right? Like you've got to make your money, you've got to book freight, et cetera. But because you speak about this quite often, I would love to know, like, what is your perspective on how to maintain mental health? You know, yeah. and I think that a lot of people don't understand the value in that. So can you talk to me about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I will say this subject is really close to me. I've, I've had my issues. I have a, a twin sister who's clinically diagnosed with depression. So I've dealt with this uh, throughout my whole life from personals and, and then the loved ones around me. Yeah. And the one, the first thing I will say is that um, number one is make sure that you are, you're understanding your problems, right? Go to a therapist. Don't, I think sometimes our generation is just like, I, I have mental health issues. Well, attack that, right? Just yeah. like you would attack your job. Because if you attack your mental health issues the way that you attack a sales at your job, get, you know what's going to happen? Your sales are just going to come because you already worked on yourself. So work as much as you can work with your HR department. If you have to go see a therapist, like once a week at a specific time, that's like one thing I think that businesses should be a little bit more open to, like to suggest that people should only see therapists on the weekend. is like, screw you kind of like, that's, that's not how like, and also a lot of you business leaders are leaving during the day to go to your own therapist. So it's like, don't go back and forth and say like, you shouldn't, but I should right. um, let them figure out like the treatment that they need and have help them attack that treatment, mm-hmm. help them in any ways that you can, because it will pay off, I think in your own office and hold them to it. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's um, especially in like brokerages. I noticed like, it, you know, we, you ha- we all leave like college and then we like expect something in life and i think sometimes like people get like a couple years of 23 24 into like real life and like it just hits them that like oh my goodness there's like so much more of life to go right and that like overwhelms them so it's like also like be aware of like going to the doctors like taking care of your health like I was saying, I'm going through my own health journey now, exercise, realize that that all adds up and, and does form around your own mental health as well. Yeah. On the other side of that, like as a business leader, you should be, if you, I think, um, and, uh, Andrew, uh, silver, right. From Molo, yeah. like he came out and said this too, like the, what he's been struggling with be open. If you're struggling with your own problems because that just really pushes other people to to take care of the issues they feel like they have as well um and 
the stress level of work, right? That goes into it too. So if you feel like there's someone in your office who's, you know, struggling with their workload, don't look at it like, can they, should we let them go? Or like, should we, should they not be working here? Uh, I think everyone, I think everyone has like a tipping point Mm -hmm. and that's, that's against you as a business leader to not find that. Um, the you know it's right now like they're keep talking about like quiet quitting but i see this all over the industry right now what i like to call and other people have called quiet promoting where Mm. yeah we like lay all these people off but it's and then i'm just gonna like push kind of more responsibilities to other people but you're not gonna get a raise about it um that's hurt that's affecting people's mental health you're telling me one you don't respect my time or work and two that you want me to push myself beyond my that tipping point and it's there it's everyone has it so mm-hmm. i think as business leaders we just have to be more uh aware of how that falls into the bottom line like people yeah. you know it's a lot of people want oh it's the roi of uh, mental health services it's like it's there uh it's in your recruiting it's in your retaining numbers it's in your sales numbers if and it's likely in your growth, right? If you're seeing Absolutely. yourself grow slowly, how? what's the overall metric of your floor? And please, CEOs, don't go ask an entry-level person how they're feeling today. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're not going to tell you, yeah. Yep. Like, like, that's the one. And it's like, that's the core. When I say the corporate stuff, like, I really, it's like, uh, I really appreciate learning. It's like, why do you... Th- why do you think there's and there's never ever going to be a point where they're going to be like they might open up to you but like just go like that you're intimidating them they're not going to open up like yeah ask, that's their managers are there for that's what those people you put those them in their roles for can bring back to you so or your hr department right invest in your hr department and don't make your hr department also the person that fires people this like, is true yes like that's yeah i'm gonna go tell the guy who fires everyone that i'm not liking this job right now that sounds like a good time like job security too that people like to your point yeah and sometimes it depends on how your hr team is set up because like if they're the same ones that are firing then typically that word gets around right everyone speaks to each other after they leave a company especially in a bad way so they're gonna tell the people that currently work there hey this was my experience and then what does that create a toxic environment where no one will talk to each other everyone's upset about working there and it becomes that like quiet quitting quiet promotion type of vibe yeah. And it's like, listen, see, uh, it's like, I know you want to be like, well, I want to, it's like, I want to call, I want to be engraved in our culture. Like, you know, I want, <laughs> no, that's not your job. Your yeah. job is to make hard decisions that lead that company to a point where you can hire more people and give people better jobs. Yeah. But you delegate a good CEO is going to delegate a hundred percent, not just a little bit of the time and then step in awkwardly when they want to, they're going to delegate a hundred percent of the time that role to who needs to most of the time when you have issues with employees or those bad reviews, I love like the bad reviews come up like, okay, those bad reviews are cemented in some realness, like, like just step away from it. Yeah. And so I think, I will say, I think that's some of my favorite part about a lot of the leadership, even at Freightways, is that people, we're very, everything's very well defined. And if you have a problem, you know who to go to in that regards. And yeah. um, 
And it's like, yeah, like, I, like I'm not going to Craig if I'm having a crazy issue. You know, that's not his job. <laughs> yeah. His job is to go out there and lead us or, or this group of pirates, right, yeah. into the future. And he's doing an excellent job doing that. And that makes me happy about my about my tenure and being here. Um, so it's just realize, like, that's just the funny thing to me is that, that sometimes I, the CEO is a tough job, right? It needs to be someone who's willing to make those decisions and understand that gap too. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk also about the milestones that you've hit in your career. I mean, I feel like you, how many shows do you host, Grace? <laughs> uh, I host uh, two shows during the week. Well, I co-host one, so that kind of takes a little bit off. Kaylee and I uh, co-host Great Quarter Gals. I also uh, host a show called Point of Sale on Wednesdays. I write at least two, try to three times a week now. Uh, but then Monday through Friday, every day, I host a two-hour radio show yep. on Sirius XM. So uh, that's that's the one that's a little bit more time-consuming, but uh, I do love it. It's such a good time. Are there milestones that you feel like, hey, this is what I definitely want to achieve in trucking that you haven't hit yet? For for sure. Um, I think there's a more of like personal growth that I'd like to have. I, you know, people, I really like learning from the Freightways team. That's why I love being there now. Um, but I, I'd love to, there's like some areas I'd like to make even some of my own con, uh, content. Uh, there's some things I'm kind of working on that would be, maybe tied to freight, but a little bit more towards my personality and things that I like as well. Um, and just kind of getting into my own creative, like kind of corner of, of what I could contribute. Uh, I, I also, um, I really love, uh, freight tech. I, I love the, the venture world and I'm trying to find different ways to be more involved with that as well. Uh, so that's another area that I want to be. I, I guess if there is a goal and, and maybe it's, uh, I guess I've already done it at Freightways, but I like I, I'm 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 noticing I'm slowly starting to speak in front of larger and larger audiences. Yeah. So that's like a big thing for me is like it would be great to uh, I want to keep working on that and getting in front of uh, bigger groups and um, there's a few different events even for this year that I'm people have reached out about. So moderating and getting um, more of you know, it's really the, the radio show is fun because I'm no one sees me. I'm honestly in my house, sometimes in my pajamas because, you know, it's like <laughs> seven. I'm just going to go from the radio show to like a watching TV or something afterwards. Yeah, sure. uh, so it's like I, I like getting more comfortable in front of big audiences and yeah. and being able to like moderate uh, even more so like off the cuff and uh that's that's kind of like more that I, I'd like to get into and, and also watching my audience grow like we're we got some really great data right at Freightways, so seeing that grow has been been really incredible as well I have to ask you about music and I, and, and I know you've got to run I've got to run but dude Beyonce Rihanna who's your top five I know Beyonce's king right yeah, I haven't missed a Beyonce concert and or have been less than 10 rows away uh, from the stage since 2000, since Mrs. Carter World Tour. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, I uh, the only one I will say I missed with uh, the group of girls I go with is Coachella. Okay. Um, my sister went. You can see her in the documentary and stuff. But, uh, oh, yeah, that. no, I've never missed. And, I, and I've got the tickets for this year already, too. Of so that's, you do. Yeah. And I'm, the, the outfit is incredible. That's what we're working on right now. <laughs> I'm going very alien superstar with it. So that's yes. exciting. Uh, no, Beyonce is number one for me. Uh, past that, I'm honestly, like, a huge uh, rap fan. Uh, oh, I nice. love 
a Gucci man is like one of my like go-tos. Yeah. Uh, uh, Atlanta rappers for sure. Jeezy, all that. Um, and uh, I, I will say though, I do like, I like myself some country every once in a while. I'm a very diverse music fan. Like right now I'm very into 90s uh just like pop and uh, alternative rock. Yeah. This nineties road trip playlist on Spotify has been like really helping me write this week. So it's, yep. it's about, it's about the vibes at the end of the day. It's all about the vibes for sure. Yeah. I love it. Grace, where can we find you on social? How can people keep in touch with you? I would say uh, go to LinkedIn, find me there. You'll see my link tree and my uh, 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 profile and all that stuff uh, click that that'll get you to my instagram twitter all that jazz all my podcasts are linked there even the series xm show is linked there so go check that out if you google gray sharky freightways most of that stuff will pop up for you too but uh, yeah reach out to me i love meeting new people in this uh, industry and uh yeah i appreciate this time this has been awesome Dude, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I, I was telling Grace offline, you know, I was gutting, gunning for her to come on here. And then I was like, wait a minute, we're already friends. Do I like just come yes, on? Yes, <laughs> I know. You're awesome. And this is great. This is like, uh, take note companies, because this is how you build a really great marketing plan. Thank you. Dude, you're going to come back. We're going to talk. I feel like we only touched the surface of a lot of these subjects. Yes. We got a deep dive on, on each of them, but always a joy to hear from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs>